Hi everyone, welcome to Totally Dissolved, where we discuss all things coffee through the lens of education. I'm Kathy Hilberg. And I'm Bronwyn Serna. With the help of subject matter experts, we explore different facets of specialty coffee to educate ourselves and you. Thanks for joining us on our journey in an education in caffeination. How's it going? Good. I was going to say your name and you said mine. You surprised <laughs> me. Um, yeah, pretty good. I'm tired today. I had a, a crazy flat tire from last night. Halloween was last night since this is not coming out on time, just so everyone knows, I guess. doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I got a really uh, intense flat tire, like shredded my tire. And I ditched my car in Chinatown, went to a show to see my coworkers play, and then had to deal with the aftermath uh, this morning. So I'm tired. Uh, Just did a cupping and, yeah. Super caffeinated. Yeah. But also tired. But also sleepy. Yeah. Well, just tired. How are you? Yeah. Good. I feel very relaxed because I was able to get a massage in today. Nice. So that was, that's awesome. How long? Hour? Hour and a half. So good. I know. Yeah. That's my fave. Yeah. My monthly massage. But I have been doing lots more yoga and more intensive, I guess, because so a lot of my muscles are tight. And so that massage session was super helpful in getting them. Work out those kinks. Yeah, but otherwise it's been a busy week. Yeah, I was, I woke up today, well I guess it wasn't when I woke up that I realized this, but I got to work and was like seeing our milk order was arriving and like other (laughs) stuff that comes with it and I was like, oh it's already Wednesday and then it's uh, it's not Wednesday. No, it's not. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It feels like so long. It feels like it should be Thursday. By the like by the end of today, it feels like it should be the end of Thursday. It was two days in one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's only Tuesday. Alas. So, but I don't know about you, but my week kind of, uh, in a positive way, goes downhill from here as far as like workload. Yes. So it's a easy. Same. Nice. Same. Yeah. So, so we're busy. On the front end, and then kind of just rolling right into the weekend. Yep. Eventually. Which I feel like, I don't know, I like easing into the week, but it's Me also too. fine. It's also fine where it's we busy. We get to ease out of the week. Yes. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, 72 hours. <laughs> we'll be on the other side of this thing. It's weird to like your job and then also be like, Ugh. I just need a little break. Yeah. Yeah. So. I feel you. Um, well. I'm excited for today's episode. Me too. Um, first, we have to talk about, I'm a little embarrassed to talk about what's in our cup because we didn't really prepare. No, I I was going to bring chai, mm. but then I'm just like, do I really need more caffeine today? And I decided against it. Yeah, I did a cupping, like I said, and uh, didn't spit any of the coffee. I feel like I don't know quite how to hold everything these days with having a spoon and then you spoon into the cup and then you slurp out of the cup. Yeah. What if you spit into your sip cup and you try to drink out of your spit cup? It just seems really complicated. So I just drank it all and I didn't, it wasn't that much. It was a cupping that was more of just like for funsies Mm -hmm. for a customer. So it wasn't serious and I didn't feel like I needed to try everything multiple times, but true. But I feel your pain on that new cupping. I mean, I love the new cupping protocol. I think it's definitely way more sanitary, which is awesome, unless you want to use a new spoon for everything, which is great, too. Yeah. But, yeah. I always liked doing it that way at the counterculture cup. Yeah, same. But you all were, like, also hustling around sanitizing spoons every, like, five minutes, I feel like. So many spoons to wash. So you don't really get to enjoy it then, but. Yeah. um, yeah. But it is helpful. So. Yeah. so in our cups today, we it actually don't have cups. We have, yeah, we've got water in our, our water, water bottles. bottles. <laughs> yeah, I got Dolly Parton on mine. And some mine is bottles. just my yoga one. I didn't put any stickers on there. Yeah, front one's just but. sleek black. 
It's like sleek black <laughs> with my yoga studio logo on there. Perfect. So, you know. Um, but, you know, water is the essence of coffee. coffee. And coffee, coffee is the, the essence, essence of, of caffeination. Life. life. I, know. I know. I tried I to gonna, turn that Zoolander quote I into something. I love Zoolander so much. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. water, we got it. Um, mine is RO, so, you know, it's partway to being pour over. It just didn't go through any coffee yet. So there you go. Anyways, hydration. Um, well, uh, our guest today, we're very excited to welcome her. We're going to talk about small wares. We haven't done that. Yeah. So working with, um, Anita Tam to talk about slow pour supply. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Welcome, Anita. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so like we mentioned, we have Anita Tam from Slow Pour Supply. Um, Anita, can you uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do with coffee stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, my name is Anita. Hi, everyone. Um, we're based in Houston, Texas. Um, we are a specialty coffee tools company. We started in 2018. I'm the owner and founder of Slowport Supply. We sell or distribute um, coffee brewing equipment. Milk pitcher is one of the major uh, products that we sell and all the other accessories as well. Very cool. And you're also involved in the Latte Art Championships returning in the U.S., right? Yeah, that, that's a, a thing that I've been working on since uh, 2018, 2018-19 uh, season. Uh, so we're trying to bring back uh, uh, the Latte Art Championship to the U.S., creating a platform for people who like latte art uh, in a very specific style to have that platform to showcase the skill set. Um, so we just started this year. Uh, our first preliminary season. So last year we did the nationals in Boston, and this year we will have the th- uh, full three steps: preliminary, qualify, and national. Wow! Awesome. Well, Anita, we always like to ask everyone at the start, uh, "What's in their cup?" So will you tell us what you're drinking. <laughs> uh, it's a little late uh, right now. It's it's uh, eight p.m. Central Time. So I have, um, I've had enough coffee and tea today. Uh, I usually drink coffee and tea. Uh, now I have Topo Chico. Excellent choice. I love the yeah. bubbles. Me too. Yeah, we have water. We usually have coffee or tea or something, and we yeah. had long days and, you know, needed to hydrate. So it's a water day for everyone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, let's get started with the questions. So, Anita, you have had a very not super long career in coffee, but where were you before you started Slow Pour Supply? Because I think that that is an important part of why you started Slow Pour Supply. That's true. And uh, thanks for uh, reading about me prior to the the podcast and our um, sometimes I talk a little bit about how important music is for me as a, as a person in general, um, also as, um, as a coffee person. I think a lot of, there are lots of musicians or music loving people in, in coffee, but um, as for myself, I uh, was trained as a, as a classical musician. So I have um, been training in music since the age of six. And I went to the academy to study music. My major was, uh, to start with, uh, I majored in piano. And later on, I switched to clarinet. I played the saxophone. And very naturally, I started playing bands and orchestras. And I uh, then went to college to study composition and sound production. Uh, something about spatial awareness, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, From there on, I moved on to writing some jingles and teaching some clarinet. and. Um, just uh, as a natural progression, uh, went into conducting bands and orchestras, um, and that's my previous life. Yeah, and what I love about that is you're so very intentional in, and I think that's what I 
find very distinctive about slow pour supply compared to other small wares companies and not that that's like any anything detrimental to them but I feel like you have had such a commitment to being very intentional and also because of that like you have more of an intention to start building on community can you discuss that philosophy behind starting slow slow pour and what problem or issues did you want to address that you weren't that weren't being addressed previously hmm. so we started uh 2000 officially launched 2018 but the idea kind of started um uh, around the second quarter of um 2017 i was working as a barista back then and um that ties to a little bit about a musician, a trainer as a musician, right? So we all have our tools and I guess the bar tools are comparable to our musical instruments. Um, I think barista's job is um, a very highly, it requires high motor skills and multiple, um, multiple things are happening at the same time all the time and it's very stressful it's uh very similar to being a live musician actually a live recording musician so yeah you're trying to do the right thing you're trying to do all the right motion there's lots of routine stuff going on and um and i i just sort of i sort of uh, felt like the tools that we were using were not really made for baristas they were more made to serve the purpose of being there it wasn't designed fully and geared towards barista or at least not towards uh not for barista who are um uh, my size mm -hmm. <laughs> no like the counters and counter heights and um certain other things that were not like aprons are, are giants and i'm like five two so i was like thinking a lot about that because that was the first thing that you you talk with a music teacher, right? Like you go into a, a room, you wanted to study violin, let's say, and you go in there and then they would ask, hey, mom, how tall is your kid? Um, what type of violin they would be then purchasing? Because the size is a very important aspect of, um, of uh, if the tool works for you, works for your body. And, and so a lot of tools are, are the same way, paintbrushes, um, even cars or any other things that you're, you're using has to fit your body, right? So when I was in, interacting with the barista space, I feel I felt like there are a lot of tools that were not designed for the purpose of uh, excellence. Um, they were designed more for the purpose of uh, it's just general general purpose of things. So especially a uh, milk pitcher um, to me is very similar to a paintbrush and I also draw and I, I felt like there are there are pencils that I especially like because of the softness, the softness of the, the lead and, and the shape of how the pencil is being manufactured. Um, but as to do latte art, there was a, a big difficulty in me uh, that I discovered that the picture were, were not really working for me. It seems like I have to um, work very hard to be good at it. Um, so I was looking around for good tools and uh, whether it's temper, the pictures or any other tools that were uh, used at bar. And I couldn't find anything that makes me feel that it was suitable for what I was doing. Um, and I kind of just plateaued. I needed uh, a kick and, and somebody to guide me. So I took a trip to Taiwan um, and visited a, a, co a cafe that was opened by a couple of latte champions. And they gave me this picture um, and I tried it and it has completely changed my flow and how I approach uh, pouring, um, the process of pouring milk into a cup. As you might know, like latte art has um, two aspects, um, what's in the cup and what you're pouring. So there are, are two things working together. If you break those down, um, you have two types of liquid. You have espresso and milk, and those two types of liquid has different viscosity. Right? So basically, you're trying to blend in two liquid of different viscosity, different properties, temperature, 
and he wanted to manipulate those uh, through uh, the user flow and uh, to create some pattern on, on top of the top. And I felt like um, that particular really took the ball for me. And I went back uh, to uh, Houston and I took this picture with me and I used this picture and tested out on other baristas see if it worked the way that it worked on me. Um, and then I found out that this uh, picture was really uh, game, a game changer because of how the spout and how the uh, cylinder top and the volume um, differ from other pictures that are available in the market. And uh, as I previously mentioned, I feel like tools is one of the biggest steps to success. If you get the right tools, you basically halfway there. If you don't have the right tool, it's probably, it takes you more than two times um, the effort. Um, so I try to source um, the tools from then on. Um, every tool that we carry in, at so-called supply um, has either been tried and true uh, on competition level or that it has some type of design aspect that is really excelled in the design um, that is uh, human-friendly or learning-friendly. So um, it's not just for the eyes. It's not so much about marketing, um, but uh, what we're trying to do and how we started was to make sure the tools that we carry are um, checking all these boxes. I absolutely loved that philosophy, like especially thinking about your instruments behind the espresso bar as like musical instruments and making it to fit and being very designed, like designed well in order to, to not only fit the person, but made to do its job even better than... Yeah. Than it than you possibly could imagine, like yeah, yeah. Like chefs have their chef knives, and especially like different knives for different types of purposes. And I feel like, especially nowadays, um, in the past several years, you you do see a lot more of those different types of tools that are used by baristas, designed with a little more thought and a little more purpose to them. True. Um, yeah. And on top of that, you also uh, brought up uh, that building community part of it uh, in your question. So um, when you have only one type of tool, um, it's like offering only one type of paintbrushes. That one type of paintbrush might not fit everybody's need. Mm. And when you're doing that, you're not being um, thoughtful to all the other styles that's out there. Like, I don't want to paint acrylic. I want to do, do uh, oil painting or I want to do more intricate things. And, and so through these tools that we develop jointly with WPM and um, provide suggestion of what we see being, being more useful and more in trend, um, you're providing um, baristas with tools that they can expand their territory in terms of exploring different type of uh, pattern and different type of spout that are enabling them to uh, excel in what they do. Because I believe, um, as in, as um, cliche sometimes people think that latte art become tasted, actually you can, because um, you play with two types of liquid, different viscosity, right? So the placement of the milk foam provides a window for sweetness. That white part aside from the crema, the white part that you taste is um, exceptionally sweeter than the crema. So depending on how you actually place your latte art and what type of pattern you're going for, you can actually change the flavor or the perception of the taste in the coffee for your first sip. And we eat with our eyes. So yeah, latte art says, this is going to be delicious when we look at it. <laughs> Whereas, you know, when you just dump the milk in, it's like, that's coffee. <laughs> That's a latte. Um, it doesn't say whether it's going to be good or bad. And so I think having something beautiful kind of sets the stage for it to taste beautiful as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I also wanted to just add like what you were talking about, Bronwyn, the way that you talked about 
um, the tools being made for the, the job. Um, I also studied music in school, and I remember getting my conducting baton for my one conducting class. And I was studying abroad in Germany at the time, so of course there's a store that just sells them in town. Didn't have to like yeah. find it online. But it sort of felt like getting my wand in Harry Potter. Um, you like measure to your fingertip and yeah. it, you know, you want to hold it and make sure that the weight feels good and yep. Yep. Oh my gosh, and, I love it. Um, there you go. <laughs> um, Anita was just balancing a little matcha scoop the way you do a, a baton. baton. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like, you know, tools are, are expensive. Uh, to have, you know, everybody to have their own tamper and their own pitcher, but having options at your shop for different baristas is really important. And the counterpoint that you made um, about, like, the counters being a good height, not counterpoint as in one word. Um, <laughs> in general. Just yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not terribly short. I would say I'm average. And I worked at a cafe where the counter was so tall with the espresso machine on it that the first few days that I worked at that shop, my triceps were really sore because I was holding my arms above like their natural <laughs> spot. So um, yeah. yeah, there's like a lot of things we need to consider. And the fact that we're not considering counter height, I think um, probably goes to show how little we're considering the other small wares because they seem like just a bunch of stuff you have to get to stock your cafe to make it run and not necessarily um, specific tools that are made to make the barista's job as easy and smooth as possible. That's true. That's also why um, WLAC has launched, like we have two stations, right? Mm -hmm. And one station is lower than the other station. That's awesome. That's really cool. I know that there have been some adjustments to like barista competition for height um, because of certain competitors who have brought it up, but to just think of it in advance is really cool. Um, so when you are selecting items to have, what is your process in making those decisions to sell at Slow 4? Um, and as part of this answer, um, you're an exclusive U.S. distributor for a lot of the products that you currently sell. Is that intentional or has it just sort of worked out that way that you've sort of discovered these products and brought them on before anyone else? Um, so to the, to the first question, like how, to, how we decide what products to sell, um, as we grew, uh, as we grow, there are more and more suppliers or manufacturers or uh, entrepreneurs that wanted to um, at least get on a call with us and um, talk about the product and see if there is a chance that we can work together. Um, as a distributor goes, um, this is quite an interesting sector because it's oftentimes not discussed. Like we, we are probably very, very forgotten most of the time uh, as, as small, small wares distributors, especially, right? Uh, I think the grinders, espresso machine, they, they might get a little bit more familiar in the distributor sector. Um, small wares are uh, oftentimes not so much discussed, but um, I feel like the, the process behind or the intention behind which products to bring on have a great impact on uh, the consumer's decision on like what what is going to be uh, accessible um, and what price point, certain things like that. So we we regularly have these calls with uh, entrepreneurs that wanted to uh, develop a new product and they just want to listen uh, to what our thoughts are. And um, we have uh, seen maybe some products that are not uh, on the market yet. And so we will have these calls to talk to them and look through their designs. Of, of course, sometimes, and most of the time, it would require that, uh, signing some non-disclosed agreement. But um, I, I guess we're quite, I, I wouldn't say we're well-known, but people know that we, they can talk to us about these things. We keep our lips tight. Um, but also to provide some of the insight what uh, we see in the market that uh, is useful. Um, for a certain type of tool to shine. We listen to them and see if that fits with what we do. And 
honestly speaking, we have a very limited and a very curated um, set of products mm -hmm. uh, on our website, and that's intentionally so. We have turned down uh, a lot of um, products, not because they are not a good design, but because um, we need the current products that are on our list, uh, room to breathe. Um, and that room to breathe is really important for a lot of things. And the room to breathe is a room for intention. Um, so if we believe in our products, we believe in the products that we carry, and we believe in the relationship that we build with these suppliers and with these entrepreneurs, um, we also are uh, basically uh, an agent or uh, as an artist agent, or, or uh, oftentimes I call ourselves brand nannies uh, of these products, so we have to take care of them. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of work. Uh, we have to look around and see what, what the best placement is and how we market these products, uh, what to talk about these products, how we, can, how we can be as truthful as possible for these products both ways. Um, one thing about slow pour, and I, I guess a lot of people know we're not very hard sell about our stuff. And we don't really run uh, big advertisements and uh, we don't do a lot of um, a hard push on sales. And we ne never have sales actually. We don't have like Black Friday sales. We never have um, uh, things like discounts and stuff like that because we, we believe in our products and we believe that um, the products will have uh, a great market market for it. So um, that's one of the reason why some of these um, distributors like working with us because they feel safe in our space. Um, they feel seen in our space. We have a lot of room for them to breathe. Um, as the exclusive distributor of many of the products or like the largest stock uh, within the US, um, either uh, one or the other, um, is a very intentional process and we um, when we think about that, we always remind ourselves why we started actually. Um, and we stick with we stick with the goal that we wanted to achieve right from the beginning to not drift off. It's very easy as a supplier or a distributor to uh, do a big batch shopping, like uh, add 10 more products or add 10 more brands. Um, the reason why we have a smaller and more curated list, uh, as mentioned before, is an intentional decision. Very cool. That is amazing. I love it. It's <laughs> seems it's like so, everything is just so thoughtful. Yeah. In how you approach your business. Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like it's very much the same as like going to a restaurant that has very specific dishes or like the one or two dishes that they do extremely well and you can always count on them to do that dish. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, in this case, it's like choosing the product that are long-lasting. Um, the the relationship with these uh, suppliers, manufacturers, or designer, um, you have uh, you have built that trust, uh, a two-way trust uh, in that process, and they know what you're doing, and you know that they are um, going to be innovative, and they have. Uh, some of the best products in the industry, and you can count on their production process. Um, when when our staff member walks through the um, foyer to come into the warehouse, so they, they walk through the glass door and then there's a little space in the front uh, before they head into the warehouse. We have um, free uh, calligraphy. Um, it's like Chinese words. I explained to them what that means. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, symbols in the beginning, but I guess they know now. And, um, there are three uh, calligraphy that is placed as a triangle. And then the first one on the top is like quiet heart. So it's very hard uh, to work in the warehouse uh, without a quiet heart because there's also all sort of SKU to walk around with a lot of breakable products because um, we just have so many uh, origami stuff and um, it's a, a very easy to break. And so first of all, we have to quiet the heart. Um, so in the left one, um, it's begin beginner's heart. Like, why are we here? Even sometimes people just think that like, oh, I work in the warehouse, I'm just going to pick things and put in a box and give it to someone. And, uh, but in slow boys, it's kind of a different uh, thought process because we don't have front facing stuff. We're not like a coffee shop that our right. customer can, and you can chat and then you can provide them with a different service and to 
to find in their day. Um, for us, the only moment that we have is when they open the box. And when they open the box, if the, the card and the uh, sticker and the tape, everything is facing the right uh, direction, if they open the box, there's a handwritten note to it. So um, we need to remember why we're here. Why, why do we want to apply for this job to work here? And, and it's the beginner's heart. Um, and then on the right side is uh, mindfulness. Um, because without mindfulness, a lot of things will break. Without mindfulness, we might um, say something to our team member that is not, uh, this is a stressful job, honestly. Um, so to trust the team that they, they remember what those uh, symbols are uh, about. And also, I, I guess we're, we'll talk a little bit about our routine as well uh, coming in here. Um, those are some of the things that remind us uh, what our goals are and how and why we started. That's so cool. I love it. Yeah. Like, even though it's a warehouse, it's still, you know, you walk in, you have space to breathe. Yeah. And breathe. a way to start your day. Yeah, um, I, I play the clarinet. So. <laughs> <laughs> Take a long, deep breath. Yeah, that's very true. Any of the wind, wind instruments, for sure. Yes. What are some of your favorite coffee brewing rituals you've established since starting? Mm -hmm. um, we, we have this room, like this room that I'm, I'm sitting in right now, uh, with the back it says food, taste and repeat. Um, there's like something that is not um, a singular uh, incident, you progress. But on that side, there is another uh, forward, uh, kind of like a model thing. It says uh, one a time. Uh, one meeting or one chance. Like it's, it's more like a, it's a Japanese uh, type uh, uh, writing that is also uh, readable in, in Cantonese or Chinese. And it basically means that each of these moments are singular moments. Um, and with these two things, we're sitting in the middle and we brew our coffee in the morning. Uh, so whoever comes in first, I get to get a coffee and we choose to brew whichever coffee that, um, uh, our friends sent to us, and so this morning we brewed this one. Um, it's Coffee Project New York uh, Dynamic Cherry 39 RSD. Um, it's like an extended fermentation process, I think. And now it's a little bit dark, kind of hard to read, but it was a very delicious coffee. So some sometimes we get these, and it's like it's a treat. Um, we brew our coffees here together. Um, uh, whoever wants to brew uh, can come on this side, and we brew it. Uh, kind of like kung fu style when we serve in little smaller cups and we sit together and we talk a little bit about coffee but mostly it's not so much about throwing the flavor profile and all these things uh, and, and whatever tasting notes that we're experiencing we more talk about what we're going to do today um setting our tone for the day we come in a little bit earlier to talk about what, uh, what's on our mind and we just let it uh, come uh, to us, and then we prepare ourselves when we go inside and pack. That's my favorite moment, actually. Oh, that's cool. Um, I love that you taste coffee and actually like brew. I mean, obviously you have all the equipment there. I'm sure because you've, you know, tested it and make sure that you want to sell it. But um, I think we can all think of people or even companies that like sell products or coffee that don't really know too much about the journey that coffee goes on to get to the point where we get to put it into our brewers and make it. And so, you know, as somebody who runs a non coffee coffee company, like you don't have coffee there other than the gifts that people give you to, to try. Um, but you know, I think there are so many situations where people are just like, oh, yeah, the people in the warehouse, they, they drink that coffee. It doesn't matter. They don't care. Um, and I love that. I mean, that's also fine. No shame on anybody who drinks their coffee however they like it. Um, but I also love that, like, your team is kind of taking the time to respect the amazing coffees that are made by the people who buy the amazing products that you sell. Yeah, we, we enjoy a lot of these relationships the fact that actually we uh, fulfill all the orders here, we don't have a 3PL service, so we, we're not sending the uh, order somewhere else in a different warehouse. 
and we look into each of these names and we remember who um, fought from us before and who are the Hosea orders and some of it talks probably like like they bought a medium filter with smaller origami drippers and each of these products we look through and I think maybe some some of these folks are listening to this podcast that bought from us as well know that we'll call you or email you when your orders don't match uh, the sizes and, and the quantity. And we look through all these orders personally and it actually um, builds a sense of fulfillment for uh, for our staff. Because there's a purpose there. It's not just like picking things and putting them in the boxes. There, there's an expectation when uh, somebody open up box, um, they're gonna use these tools to make coffee. And for us, um, especially coffee, it's not just the beans, especially coffee is actually a preparation. Um, it's not like uh, if I use a very expensive beans, then I make specialty coffee. To us, is the intention behind the whole thing. We, we really like manual grinding because of that process. We get to feel the density of the beans and how it reacts to that. And we get to think about like what then we have to do with our next step. Um, there's a lot of things that uh, provide sense of fulfillment in our lives, and sometimes job is uh, is a job. But if we can find those moments, it's really satisfying, even for um, a distributor. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, so obviously, you haven't been around super long as a company. You said 2018, um, but you've obviously. Um, grown a lot. I think everybody in the specialty coffee industry knows Slow Pour Supply, at least by name, if not by having one of the products that they've bought from you in their cafe. Um, what are a few events or memorable moments over the last few years as you've grown that really stand out to you as a testament to the type of business that you've built and are building? Yeah, it's like one of the early days when you start a new business, um, there's no guarantee, right? So it's more like more or less like if, if it works, it works, it, it'd be great. Um, not gonna uh, put a big advertisement, um, a huge sponsorship, we just didn't have that liquidity in the beginning. We had three products, I think, um, three uh, small, uh, little 15 ounce uh, pitcher, and we didn't have a lot of other um, space, not a giant warehouse, and I was fulfilling in my office space, uh, in my house, like a, the study in my house, I had like all these boxes, and then I took away all my music books, and then there was like shelves of pictures there, and, and I didn't have any expectations, um, but I noticed there was an event called Coffee Fest, and I wanted to go. Um, I think the p business picked up pretty fast because of how the tools are really changing the games for people, on the design of the picture, um, the slender top, the uh, spout, different spouts that we were offering, or maybe even the look of the picture was very different um, to any other things that was there. Um, so it got picked up by a couple of people. It, it got picked up by some competitors there. And I went for the first time, I, I saw a couple of people using that. I was like, oh, that's cool. Right? And it was 2018, closer to the end of the year. I think Coffee Fest happened four times a year and towards the end of the year I, I've been going for maybe two times or three times and there was one time when I was there um, taking photos of baristas um, using uh, pictures and pouring latte art as, as they do during the competition I realized like more than half of people were using our picture and we're like only a couple months in and then I said to myself uh oh there's something going on that maybe I should <laughs> Maybe I should be happy about it. Like, maybe I should be um, like really um, feeling that pickup of, of the uh, market for us. And um, that was the moment when I went back to my Airbnb. I sat there and I, I was really talking to myself. It's like, hey, Andy, there's something going on there. Um, maybe it really worked out, uh, even without any advertisements, even without. Um, paying for giant uh, influencers or any other things that, that uh, it was just word of mouth. It was just one year at a time and people use it and told other, fo uh, other, other folks that, that they liked it. And 
Um, so since then, uh, four years, um, the last time when I went back um, to Coffee Fest, the very last one that we went uh, in Seattle, I think uh, about 95 to 96% of the competitors were using Outbox. So cool. That's really cool to just like be at Coffee Fest and re make that realization rather than like, you know, based off of sales, you're like, oh, there's a lot of people using our picture. But mm -hmm. to see like a, this small sample of people in a competition and a large por portion of those people are using your product is like pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. And then also, um, since the, one of the things that uh, we're trying to um, achieve is to provide each of these, because uh, pictures are, as we uh, just compare to paintbrushes or musical instrument, it really gives your art a sense of personality. Like it, it's yours, it's truly yours. It's not like you hop on a bar and go to throw down and say, hey, I'm just gonna grab that jack over there. Like you, you brought your instrument. It's like you go into an orchestra, you bring your own instrument, you, you go to a band, practice you bring your own guitar it's a, a very natural thing to musicians you you're not going there and uh, i think somebody's going to bring a violin and i can play and it's never going to be that that case right you want to feel 100 percent certain um the tool that you're using provides you with confidence and that particular tool that you've been using for years or throughout all the competitions or um or, or that you bought um to work is that tool that have gone through all these things with you. Um, some of these pictures we see at Coffee Fest when we're taking photos because we need a sponsor for Coffee Fest and um, to take photos of everything for Some of these pictures are not new. There's a wabi-sabi look to it. <laughs> and But they love it. There are a lot of stickers on it. It's kind of like a, um, your bike. You, you stick the stickers. It's like your your bag that you love. You, you tie all these uh, other things to it. And there's a a sense of attachment to that picture and that particular spout, um, that particular angle um, that through use and, and maybe you adjust it yourself on um, that particular uh, chip of uh, paint that you realize that is my picture from afar, you see that sticker and you know that is my picture. Um, or that particular color that we only choose to uh, manufacture in a certain type of spout shape. And that gives you the sense of connection with other people. Um, for example, we launched a periwinkle in 2018, 19-ish. And when we were at Boston Expo, a lot of people picked it up. And that was very recognizable because we only launched it in one color, and that uh, baby blue type of uh, color. Mm -hmm. And from afar, uh, competitor knows this particular, like all the other competitor, is going to use a white spell because that's the only color that is going to be manufactured back then. Uh, now we have the Roman. But you immediately recognize what the other person might pour because of that spell. And then you, you can kind of prepare yourself, okay, I think they're going to pour either wine tulip, a stack, or very fast Lucetta. That's the three things that this picture is known for being really great at. And then you're probably using, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use my round tip because then I get more stacks and I get more intricate fine lines. Um, and then I, I can go into a different uh, type of category to give the judges some headache or something. And uh, so there's a lot of games going on with, with uh, using different type of pictures to um, achieve a certain type of uh, pattern um, just to stand out in a competition that everybody's pouring uh, similar patterns and um those have been i think that it has been picked up because we uh intentionally launch these colors particular spout shape we intentionally provide a lot more choices for barista we don't believe there is a best picture out there there's only the best picture for you because you like to pour certain type of uh, pattern um is more or less like um kind of like a graffiti tag on on, on your uh, latte cup. So when you see that, it, particularly if you come to Houston, um, you see a mix of, of barista um, doing a throwdown. Even sometimes they wanted to be, they wanted to be fair. So they turn around and they want to see the cups and um, <laughs> they turn around to uh, assess the cups. You can still know, you pretty much know which pitcher poured what because 
you see the color picture they're holding, you know, that is a white sparrow. I know this one must <laughs> be coming from here. And I know this particular pattern. Usually this per person will pull this pattern. It adds a lot more fun to it because of that open-mindedness of saying that, no, I'm not going to be the best picture. This is not the best picture. They're all different type of picture, all different type of structure. But there is a good picture size. There's a good way of utilizing different spouts um, that opens up more opportunity for people to explore different type of things and advance their uh, journey in passing up. I am in awe right now. <laughs> Same. Yeah, that's... I, I've just never had conversations where about barista tools where it's just like, oh, this is, this is meant for this and this is meant for that. And I love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've always thought about like people's latte art is sort of like their signature. Like mm -hmm. obviously you can do different patterns, but when I was training people um, at my pre the previous company I worked for, cause I was mostly retail and we had five stores. I could usually identify somebody's latte art because I had spent so much time training them and could recognize their style um, over like another person's if they were working together. Um, but it totally makes sense that like the type of picture, like not even just that like, oh, this picture feels good in my hand, but like the spout, it's like having a favorite type of pen mm -hmm. for the way that you like to yeah. write. And there's no perfect pen. Some people like ballpoint, some people like felt tip. Uh, there are lots of options um, for pens. And if it's like your signature, then of course you would also have a preferred type of pitcher and, you know, shape and pout, spout shape and all those things. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, in Seattle, we went up to Narrative Coffee in Everett. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, throwdown going on in Narrative is one of our uh, wholesale accounts that we ship the pictures very early on in, in our journey. And there was this picture uh, on top of the uh, picture laser train. Uh, the uh, picture looked very, very old. And when I examined it, uh, because the paint was kind of chipped and it was probably like hundreds and thousands of cups of latte art came out from that picture. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like looking at an old pair of hands. And I held it in my hand. I turned around and I saw all the bums and the things and uh, in the, at the bottom side of the picture. And I had this sense of, I felt so sentimental about it because I must have packed this myself in the very early on of my journey because I couldn't afford to hire anybody else. So this must have been from me and it has been poured so many times and the person or the barista didn't throw it away because it means so much to them because this is the thing that they encounter. It's like your old sweater. <laughs> you bring it out from like uh, I just need to wear this sweater to sleep otherwise I can't sleep to a situation and um, that picture gave me the sense of purpose uh, when I look into it that even all these um, little uh, things in the in the bottom and then uh, the little paint chip or the spout was a certain way and I felt like this picture might have gone through like so many drops in, in the picture life um, but this <laughs> Picture is still there. It's kind of like an old chef. Honestly, it's like an old sushi chef. When you go into a, a sushi place, you open the door and see an old chef, they're like, ah, this must be really good. Because this person really knows what he's doing. It um, gives you a sense of confidence that somebody has uh, been there for a long time, has been tried and trusted. And to me, it, it's um, giving me a sense of purpose and realization of uh, why we're here and what we did. Um, at that point that we didn't realize yet um, until 2022. And I'm sitting here talking with you on this podcast and I get a spot in the, in your podcast. <laughs> started um, and selling picture uh, four years ago. So I'm really grateful for that. Aww. Is there anything, any ideas that are in the works that you see yourself developing or any other needs that need to be addressed, solved, or reworked, like for future purposes in your business? Um, we always try to work um, efficient. And so there are always, every day we try to do at least one improvement in our system or the things that we do. Sometimes we 
we could get halfway done, but most of the time we found something that we could improve in our process. Um, it, it's about being able to flow from one place to another without much obstacles and efficiency is kind of uh, efficiency at bar or efficiency in our system or fulfillment or anything. Um, that's something that we always wanted to uh, kind of achieve and is try to find a way that we flow through without slowing down. Um, but we do need to find ways and find time uh, to be more intentional. Uh, all the time reminding ourselves to be more intentional in the process of it. And um, looking at products that we sell, especially pictures, um, we have a lot of new thoughts about it. So that's something that might be coming in 2023. We have um, sent out a couple of prototypes for people to try. There has been a design that I was thinking for many years in the very early on when I was at Bruce, but I had, had the design and so we brought it over to uh, to patent it in the very early times. And we wanted to produce it for, uh, we uh, had a couple of tries to want to produce it and then the pandemic came. Um, I think we have our mindset now. Uh, so <laughs> that's something that is quite a, a interesting um, design for a picture that uh, might come 2023. Um, that will address some of the issues that we um, seen for a lot of pictures. And so it sounds a little bit secretive, but I guess that's like a, a good um, thing to anticipate. And there's a secret going on in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> a little teaser. Exactly. What is it? What is it? And um, so, yeah, that's something that we definitely will be working on. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, the last thing we're going to do today is we're going to uh, get a teachable spro mint from you. And I feel like it's going to be a good one because you've had a lot of good things to say. So not to put too much pressure on you. It can be whatever. <laughs> I, I put something on the, on the note before, but after um, our conversation, I felt like that's something that, is, uh, uh, that taught me this past weekend. So this past weekend, we went to Vermont for the very last preliminary and uh, for the very last preliminary of the season and also for USLAC. And um, in the committee, in the USLAC committee, we have like about eight people uh, working together and eight excellent humans, honestly. And uh, one thing that I really truly believe is when you choose to work with people you have to choose you have to make a conscious choice of trusting them there is no reason why you choose to work with people and not trust your people <laughs> um, so in this committee we have practiced that very intentionally uh, we trust each other a lot and i feel like the success for um or the smooth ride, it's, it feels smooth, but it has so many things that we had to work and develop and find new ways, reevaluate. And we have meetings almost every week and just to talk about how to provide a, a new platform for people um, that people can truly learn from the process and be successful later on uh, when they choose or if they are chosen to go to the world to represent us. Um, but this is uh, this has been a true learning process for me, because um, physicians sometimes don't really trust other people. <laughs> we have like a fear of trusting, and um, because we we are perfectionists, honestly. But through soul portal, through these processes, and through detaching myself from that um, feeling that I'm I have to be in control as a conductor because I don't make any sound and any everybody else makes the sound. I have to communicate 100%, otherwise I don't get the things I, I, I want it to sound like, is not applicable and it doesn't make you happy. So if you have a team, uh, whether you're, you own a business or whether you um, work as, uh, together to develop a project, um, if you choose to work with those people, trust them. And when you trust them, they will trust you too. <laughs> and then it will develop into really something that's truly beautiful, uh, whether it's uh, warehouse work, whether it's office work, 
whether it's a firework, um, I think that kindness and that trust and giving each other um, room to breathe, especially, uh, that's, that's something that I learned this week. And it worked. <laughs> Thank you for that beautiful teachable sprouts. Yeah. I think that's amazing to end on. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for taking the time. I always feel like those of you who are not in our time zone have to take a little bit of extra effort to stay up a little longer to squeeze us into your day. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Okay. So, Kathy, yeah, I've found a coffee trend. It's time for coffee trends, everyone. Yes. Um, okay. I'm very curious about this one. Okay, so I'm looking at... Oh, my gosh. Hold on. I just have to watch it. Yes. Okay, so two people are going through... This is like a cold brew coffee trend of some sort. Yeah. So there, the video starts with somebody dunking a vanilla s- soft serve from McDonald's, which is a superior soft serve in my opinion. McDonald's, I agree. Vanilla soft serve is to die for. When their soft serve thing works. Oh my gosh. I feel like they're lying when it's not working. They just don't want to. Oh, give totally. It to totally. Um, and it looks like they've got a very large iced coffee and I'm not sure what flavor it is. I would be curious to know if it's a flavored one because that's yeah. sort of like the thing at McDonald's. Um, and then they're putting the whole soft serve, soft serve into in the cold brew and mixing it up. Yeah. So the video starts with somebody showing it and then it, it kind of, continues on with a couple trying it and freaking out about it. And um, I think maybe when we record next, we should try this. Yes, because I'm typically not a cold brew fan. And like on this video, we have two people. One of them is not so convinced. And then they try it and they're like, oh, my God, this is so good. Um, Are we cheating if we use different cold brew? No, I think it's just like... I've seen I've seen it not only with like this particular um, type of product, but I've also seen it done with like popsicle or like ice cream, like vanilla ice cream from home, like an ice cream bar. Yeah. And like you pour the the coffee into it and like stir it up. Which would be good if it has like a chocolate shell. Yeah, it did. It did. But like I would be curious to try this with our cold brew here, mm-hmm. especially because we also have the nitro and you yes. could like try and the different textures. Tr- and we could also try it with the Nancy's fancy. Well, I mean, it's basically like making you a know. float. Yeah. But I think I want to try it with, with just McDonald's. Yeah, with McDonald's soft serve. Because yeah, McDonald's with just soft serve because soft, soft serve, serve is, is delicious. So I know. I'm a soft serve fan too. I mean, I'm like soft serve, whatever. McDonald's soft serve, it mm-hmm. tastes different. It does. It has that certain extra vanilla-y, sugary something. It's just really vanilla-y and really yeah. sugary, which yeah. is delicious. Yeah. And there's something about those, like, almost styrofoam cake cones. Mm-hmm. And, like, the way that I'm just going to, like, <laughs> go into a rant about vanilla soft serve from <laughs> McDonald's. But the way that, like, the little melted part of your soft serve gets caught in, like, the the bottom of the cone where it's, like, mm-hmm. crisscross. Yep. It's like a waffle. So you get to the yeah. bottom and it's like a waffle. It's so good. But it's trapping your melted vanilla soft serve rather than maple syrup. And then you eat that last bite. It's oh, so good. It's so good. There's not a, so there's good. a McDonald's not far from here. So <laughs> yeah, try it. I know, right? Um, and I'm not that big of a fast food fan. But for McDonald's, I will always have their fries. I will always have their apple yes. pie. And I will always have their soft serve. Have you ever tried their pumpkin pie? I have not. They have pumpkin pie since when? Um, the last couple of years, but I've never tried it. So maybe well, we need to have maybe a little, we need to have that a pumpkin pie and vanilla soft serve. vanilla soft serve float. Yes, with some town cold brew. Tis the season. I don't want to do McDonald's coffee if I don't. No, have to. I don't want to do vanilla <laughs> soft serve in McDonald's cold brew. Sorry, but yes. 
Okay. Well, to be continued on that yes. trend. I think that looks awesome. Sweet. I'm stoked on it. I am so stoked <laughs> too. Thank you again to Anita for the thoughtful conversation and different perspective into our small wares. Thank you for helping us think more intentionally into the tools that we use every day. We'll catch you all in the next one. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week to talk more coffee with you all. Until then, continue to drink good coffee. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And keep up with us on Instagram at Totally Dissolve Pod. Send us questions or thoughts in the DMs or email us at totallydissolvepod at gmail.com. Bye Bye for for now. now.